Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Well, it's time for us uh, to... uh allow our younger listeners younger by age of 18 and younger to please vacate the space because we're entering the closet conversation. It can get a bit steamy and we want to protect our young ones so make sure that you shut the door and open the closet. Let the adults start talking about things that are real issues to most of us. So step parenting, challenges, victories and everything in between. If you've been a step parent or are a step parent, I'd like you to step in Talk to us and let us know what your experience has been and what are you struggling with because we're going to have two guests who are going to give us their story but also help us through this journey because they're experienced in it. If you have been raised by a step-parent, tell us what that experience has been like and what would you change? Would you be open in having someone um, you know, who's not your child's but biological parent, um, help raise your kids uh, via step parenting if you and your partner have uh, broken up. Those are the questions that we're looking at. And uh, with that being said, I'd like to welcome our guests. I've got Nadia Hearn, who is a radio presenter. She's also uh, a brand engineer, a speaker, and the founder at Get Published. Nadia, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Good evening, Patricia and listeners. Thanks for having me from a chilly Cape Town. Well, let me tell you something. Joburg is no better, but we are grateful <laughs> that we can spend this time together. We are sending it your way. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't, Nadia. Thank you very much. <laughs> We've had our fair share of chills. What, what, what we need is a bit of sunshine, although we know that there's going to be a cold front coming in. So, yeah, we're bracing ourselves. Um, Nadia, uh, before mm-hmm. I allow you to just tell me about your story and just tell all of us as uh, the A-team what your step-parenting challenges or experience has been, I'd like to welcome another co-guest who is familiar on the side of uh, the radio. That's Makosi Kakani. Thank you very much for joining us, Makosi. Um, good evening, uh, Patricia. How are you? Excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. I'm really grateful that you have joined us, not as a clairvoyant medium today, but you're joining us to give us your real-life experience of the step-parenting challenge. Um, I'm, I'm also uh, happy to, to, to give this opportunity because I think when we speak about such things, we give healing and understanding to people who are going through the same situations but never have the courage to speak about it. Definitely. Well, you're you're all the way in Durban, so it's very nice. Three provinces on the same show. Hopefully, <laughs> we'll get the rest of the provinces of South Africa to send us messages and uh, calls via our WhatsApp line on 0614-104-107 or SMS 41391. You can also call on 0891-104207. I'm going to start with you, Nadia. Nadia, tell us about your experience and on, on step parenting. Have you been step-parenting or have one of your children been step-parented and uh, can you relate that story to us? Absolutely. I think that um, I'm ever so grateful to come from a really wholesome home and family and was incredibly blessed with beautiful parents, biological parents, not to say that their parents aren't just also such a blessing, I believe, to children. And I think the real difference is, um, and that's from my own life experience, is being a safe parent is a choice um, in a way because we choose our partners knowingly that um, they come with their children. 
and um, not being a biological mother myself, um, from a previous relationship, I stepped into an interesting mix as a true modern blended family, <laughs> as you may call it. Um, I think that naturally I have some mother instincts, but yeah, stepped into a home uh, where my previous ex-partner had three teenage daughters, uh, which one was living with us um, with no mother present in her life since the age of six. And, yeah, very much um, started bonding with me. And, unfortunately, um, that relationship um, didn't quite work out the way we planned it. But, luckily, um, I was able to definitely keep my bond um, with with um, this 18-year-old beautiful girl that walked into my life at her age of 13. And, yeah, we are still, I still see her every other week. Um, and it's just been such a blessing to impart in her life. And, yes, it's extremely challenging as a step-parent because um, there's definitely times where you love the child so much. And as I mentioned, I don't, I don't think it's... I don't know because I don't have biological kids of my own, but I I think the love is definitely the same. It's just sometimes the frustrations are real because it's not your biological child. And so your say in some matters are limited to some extent and you still want to protect them and want the best for them. Um, and in some ways that can be very challenging. Mm. So in my current relationship of... Um, just over two years. Uh, we recently got engaged. We're getting married on the 6th of March. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Such a happy time. And, uh, you know, um, also, again, I think I was quite open um, to be in a relationship where there are children involved. Uh, we have a six-year-old stepdaughter and um blessed enough for her to um, be living with us 50% of the time. So that looks like two nights on, two nights off, three nights on, three nights off. And it's pretty much also, once again, if you become a step-parent, maybe without having your own children, that's a little bit dif- different in the sense of you instantly a mother <laughs> kind of overnight. Mm. Um, so I think there's definitely the mix where you have mothers that have children and that have stepchildren, which I think is a different mix. And then you have my mix where you don't have children and all of a sudden you have children. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, which is um, absolutely, um, I'm lucky enough to have, I think, a mother gene. <laughs> Um, but nevertheless, I think, um, yeah, so um, our six-year-old is with us half of the time, and all of a sudden it's school runs, it's lunch boxes, it's school applications, and uh, clinic appointments, and dental appointments, and the rest of it. Um, so, yeah, very happy that her mother, even though she's a great mother and really part of her life, is very open um, for me to play a big part um, also in her life as a mother figure. Um, so, yeah, that's my story and where I currently am at. And, yeah, I'm blessed with two beautiful daughters. And I think I'm doing it the other way around. I've um, got a teenager, then a preschooler, and maybe I'll have a baby of my own in the future. <laughs> well, 
I'd like us to take a bit of a breather. And then from there onwards, we're going to hear Marcos Kakane's experience of um, step parenting. From there onwards, we'll have deeper discussions because I've got a lot of questions to ask Nadine. Remember the number A-teamers that you can dial if you want to be part of this conversation and give us what your experience of being a step parent is, is 891 or you can SMS 41391, WhatsApp 614 21 minutes after 11, 18 minutes. This is Late Night Conversation. Late Night Conversations. Late Night Conversations. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. So, A-teamers, we are speaking step-parenting and the challenges. We've heard from Nadia what her experience has been, and we're going to interrogate a bit further. But I'd like to hear Makosi's Kakane. Makosi, what has your experience been on uh, step-parenting? Um, your Patricia. Um, <laughs> and she starts with a yo. I, I, I get worried. Nadia, do you hear that? You know, um, I, I, <laughs> I, I think I'll just highlight, I won't really go in deep, because... I've got experience being a stepchild, and I've got experience being a stepmom. Um, let me start uh, from the perspective of being a stepchild. Um, I like the point that Nadia raised. Um, it really resonated with me when she said, you choose a partner knowing they have a child. So you have to now accept and love that child. Um, in, in, in my case, in the beginning, it, it looked like that. Like I was a stepchild that's going to be loved and accepted, and then things went wrong. They totally went haywire to the point that um, I missed out on 80% of my life uh, not knowing my father. He was alive, he was there, he had money, he had things, but I grew up in poverty, um, not eating at times, not being able to pay school fees, um, because the wife would not permit for my father to be close to me. Okay, um... Besides that, um, there were siblings there uh, because they had children. And what hurts me the most now as an adult is that um, strangers know more about my sisters than I do. Um, last year, it brought tears to my eyes when I was given an opportunity to to give a toast or, or, or to speak on behalf of, of, of the family at my sister's, um, what you call, bachelorette party. I, I stood there feeling so idiotic and stupid and saying, what am I going to say? You know, what am I going to say? Because people had nice stories to say. Remember when we were growing up, this and this happened. I have nothing to say. I don't really know that much about her. What I know is, is things that I found out now as an adult. And bear in mind you things that I'm pushing to find. Because I felt even as reuniting, it's me that has been pushing and pushing and saying, you know what, guys, um, let's get to know each other. So um, I, I really felt uh, wrongly, uh, wrongfully done. Because um, I, I missed out on, on, on knowing my own parents. I missed out on knowing my siblings. It left a great disconnect in the family. You know, it left a really big gap. And through that pain, it, it, it led me to say, to continuously say, I will never be a bad stepmom. I always said, if I found a partner with a child, I would be the best stepmom ever. I would love that child to heaven and earth and make them know that they are loved and I will not treat them differently to my children. So fast forward, <coughs> in my uh, uh, in my marriage, I I got uh, to be a parent to uh, a young boy who was nine. Um, so 
instantly, uh, when my husband, when my ex-husband and I got married, I said, I will take in the, uh, the son and, you know, I don't want our children here to be living happily and being well taken care of and he's out there and I don't know what he's eating or what he's wearing, you know. So I took him in. But um, it was a very awful experience. Not that I was a bad parent. I loved that boy very well. And my children accepted and loved him and treated him like a brother. But I think the nightmare came when these things of black text come in, you know. Uh, sometimes in black household, as Umak Oti, the wife, uh, people put unfair things on your shoulders. It's like you're, you're, you're forced to do certain things. There's, there's a sense of entitlement. People are not grateful for what you did. So to the point that I, I, I was paying for this child's school fees in a private school. I was putting him under my own medical aid, taking care of his needs, you name it, whatever my kids had, he had. Um, but I found that his mother was very rude. Uh, she would never communicate with me. Uh, she would phone my ex-husband late at night to talk about the child. I don't know what she was talking about because I was taking care of the child. And um, when the child would go and visit her, she would say nasty things about me. I don't understand why she'd say that when I'm doing so well taking care of the son. So, And the situation escalated and it got so bad that I really had to say the boy should go home. And... It was sad when he had to leave. He cried and he begged me to stay because he knew that where he came from, from his mom, it was an unstable environment and he desperately wanted to stay. But because of how I was being treated and it was unfair and unjust to me, I had to let him go. Um, so sometimes um, I, I think people need to put their differences aside and uh, put their issues aside and remember that these are children's lives. You know, um, The impact and the things that you do now uh, will affect that child forever. I mean, for instance, I remember things that were said to me when I was nine. Just the other day, I was telling my daughter, and I said, you know, this was once said to me. This this one statement that we use as black people, sorry to say that, um, when you're a child that's born out of wedlock, and they used to introduce me like that every time we went to um, family gatherings, they'd say, oh, in the you know, this is the child from outside. You're an outsider. I grew up being told to my face I was an outsider, and that hurt so bad. It really hurt so bad because um, even when they were trying to be nice, automatically in my head it was tattooed that we know you're an outsider. So um, it's those things that stay in somebody's mind psychologically because I'm in my late 30s now, but that is still there from over 30 years ago. It still remains in me. So I, I just wish this thing of step-parenting, people could actually just step back. If you realize that you don't want to be somebody's step-mom or step-dad, just step away from the situation before you mess up somebody else's journey in life. Mm. The step parenting <laughs> issue is not one easy one. And I think uh, A-teamers uh, are also going to be coming in to just give us their um, their feedback. But I'd like to start here. Nadia, you made mention of issues that as you were raising um, your, your, your step uh, child or your step children, sometimes there are some certain frustrations that you experience, especially um, some not having full say in certain aspects of the child's mm-hmm. life. Do you mind sharing those with us? And how you were able to overcome those while still in the relationship mm-hmm. and even in the current relationship you're in? I think that um, the fact remains that we all come from very different backgrounds, um, religious, culture, and even though some may think that um, in essence we're not actually coming from different cultures because we're a little bit alike, maybe in different ways, um, but we aren't really...
Okay, I think we have just lost Nadia. Um, Makosi, are you there? Yes, I'm. All right, so maybe let's uh, try and see if we can get Nadia back. It should be network issues. But while we are waiting for Nadia to just relate what she was, you know, her frustrations around limited say when it comes to children, I'd like to just find out from you, Makosi. Let's start with your experience being a stepchild. What is it that you would change? I know you've made mentioned that um, the, the things that people say to a stepchild are very hurtful at times. Your experience, what is it that you would change if you were to redo it again? Okay, uh, I think I'm speaking for most people who have been stepchildren here, um, who are females especially. These are our fathers. They're not our boyfriends. We are not there to take your husband. And I'll repeat the statement. As a female child, being a stepchild, I am there to be your daughter. I'm not there to take your man away from you. Because I think that's what stepmothers have an issue with. And they then see us as their direct competition over their men, over their husband, over their boyfriend. And they constantly would compete and fight with you and not to have communication and not to have relationship with your father. I think that's the biggest issue is just let a child be loved by their parents. That is all. You don't have to contribute financially, emotionally or otherwise. Just let the father take care of their child. That is all we ask. Mm. And uh, Nadia is back on the line. Nadia, you were telling us about the frustrations of having limited say in certain aspects of uh, your stepchild's life. Absolutely. Um, just on the on the point there um, that 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 you were raising about um, some women that see children being it's actually quite interesting, and I think that there's some education that needs to happen for children as well. Because I think in, um, I was just listening to that, and I think that what happens at times, just talking from my experience, is that um, because uh, my my eldest stepdaughter um, in her that setup at times had to pretend to be maybe the the woman of the house, you know, um, maybe waking her father up, bringing coffee, and then so sometimes they do take that role on when there isn't a woman. And I think that there is a little bit of um, in, an emotional and educational um, job to do there to transition those roles so the daughter can be the daughter and that she doesn't feel like she has to be anything else, but not that you're taking up a space in her life that she doesn't have the love of her father anymore or his attention. Um, I think it's a very um, valid point that you brought up and I've definitely seen that and lucky enough um, my stepdaughter was very open hearted and she accepted me but I've seen after my relationship with my ex how when she didn't like the female counterpart how she would actually make it uncomfortable for them (laughs) which I would obviously um, advise her you know not to do but it's always very interesting it's a very interesting point that she did bring up I think that we all come from different upbringings and uh, we all have our own idea of parenting, even being a stepper and not having our own children. I definitely feel that there's this responsibility that I have chosen to impart into these girls' lives and I would like the best for them. And my opinion may be in the struggle of what that best is, is not necessarily the same as the culture or the dynamic of their current families. Um, some, some things like beliefs and values 
that are different can be quite challenging where I was brought up quite protectively. Um, you know, again, I'm grateful for that. And it's something that, that I think is important for kids to experience is to be, be free, but to also be protected. Um, and, and I think that the, in, in that, sometimes especially with girls, maybe more so, um, it's, it's quite frustrating sometimes where you have different values and you want to, you know, have children, um, be children and, um, protect them in a, in a way that you don't have the full say. So for me, that's one of the big challenges. And I know that I was brought up protectively and it benefited me in great ways without taking away my freedom. Um, and, it, and only as an adult, um, even at the age of 16, 80% of my friends were molested or raped by family members and things like that. And it's just a reality in the world we live in, in different cultures, where it doesn't matter where they grow up. Um, and I think that children, you know, they need extra protection. They need um, so much. And so, yeah, it becomes quite challenging because I think our values are different as human beings. Mm. And I know for a fact in both cases, my values are very different <laughs> than the other dynamics of the other families that have a say in these children's lives. I've got uh, Tobega on the line. And uh, good evening, Tobega. Evening, Patricia. How are you doing? Uh, I'm okay, and hello to both your guests. Um, I've got a question, actually. I'll direct my questions to both of them. Um, I think in this day and age, you are prone, if you get into a relationship, it's highly likely that you'll find a partner with children or a child. Um, But what happens is, okay, you get to know, like, like, you get to know the, the child, like both your guests did. And I think in both instances, the relationships ended up not working out. In Nadia's case, I think that's like the best case scenario where as much as the relationship did not last, but that little, that girl did not lose the mother that she found in Nadia. On the other hand, with um, Marcos Kakana's case, she mothered the child, but the relationship ended, or actually prior to it ending, the child had to be ripped out of her arms, yet the child also felt comfort. So now, in all of this, we bear in mind that when we're going, like, like Nadia said, that you're going to a relationship and knowing that it's a choice when you go into a relationship with someone with a child. So now, how do we then navigate wherein you've made a bond with this child, like, how do you now protect the kids from it? Because it's hard. It's hard for you. It's hard for the child if you've made a bond with the child. And how do you do, like, post the relationship? Because the child, maybe, like, after the relationship, the child goes back to an unstable environment. Yet with you, they had stability. So now, how does it feel for these mothers now who had to separate, more so Umakosis Kakan had to separate from these kids that they've grown to love and treat like their own, which is like commendable. Mm. So now what, like, how, how, like from them, from their experience, how would you treat that? Because I went through something like that where until this day, the child will still want to come and visit me though the relationship is long over. 
but it's because of the bond that I had with the child. So I want to know now how we protect these kids now, or do you just refrain from getting into relationships with people with kids? I just want to know that. Sorry for being long. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tobega. Let's uh, allow, um, um, let's start with Makosi. Makosi, did you hear uh, Tobega's comments and questions? Um, yeah, I heard okay. Tobega. Um, firstly, um, we've got like I, the points I keep on repeating. These are children, and we need to make sure we take care of them psychologically as well as emotionally. So you need to watch your behavior and things that you do with children because they are imparted uh, in their spirits forever. By that, I mean, um, when as a step-parent, you are limited. There are certain things that you cannot decide and say over a child. If their parents are making bad decisions, uh, you can only advise. But if they don't listen to you, you can't say anything. Because now, if I were to carry on a relationship with that child, knowing fully well that I've divorced their parents, and that child's mother never wanted me in that child's life uh, to begin with, uh, I'm now giving this child false, false hope of saying that we can be a family again forever. And what does that mean for my future relationship, you know? Because now if I walk into another marriage, my, 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 my present partner would then be questioning uh, uh, our relationship and say, but why are you still uh, taking part in this child's life when you've started a new life? It means now you're probably still in love with your ex. And it's, I wonder how complicated it, 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 begins, mm. it becomes. So you also have to put all of those things in mind. But the only thing that I can say is that um, when the child is still in your home, Give that child the best love that you possibly can. Um, teach them the best values and morals that you possibly can so that in the future, in this dark world that they're being let loose in, at least they have some knowledge that they are working out with on how to treat life and um, a better understanding of things. And in my home, I, I'm, an, I'm an open parent. I think that's how uh, things work sometimes because I'm very transparent and honest with kids. So when that child had to leave, they weren't just ripped from me. But we sat down and we spoke about it. And I said, okay, do you see your, your dad's behavior? Do you see your mom's behavior? Do you see how it's hurting me? Do you see how it's hurting our family? And now the decision that your parents have made is this. So now, my child, you have to move back. Do you understand? So he left crying in pain, yes, but he knew why he had to leave. So I think also communication and not hiding things from children makes it much easier. Mm. Nadia, in response to what Tobeka has said, what, what would your take be? I think she's um, spot on. I think that in my case as well, it was one of definitely the hardest conversations that I had to have um, with the, my 18-year-old stepdaughter, telling her that I've made a decision to leave the relationship, explaining to her that it's not healthy for me personally. It's healthy and happy for everybody else, um, but it's not serving me, and therefore um, I'm not able to stay. But that it's not um, due to her or any cause of her um, that has impacted our relationship um, and things that she was a very good open communication. But also, in my case, um, I wanted her to know that I'm not breaking up with her. Um, it's not me leaving her. And I think that I was lucky enough to find a beautiful man and partner that accepts her in our lives as well and understands that um, I'm, a, I'm a crucial part of her life um, as a stepmother. Um, so I'm very, very aware of how grateful I can be. And I think 
in, in any way, it is still very, very, very challenging. I think for me to still be attached to my ex is at times also, it's not favorable for me and it's not easy. But it isn't about me and it's not about him. It's definitely about her. And at the end of the day, it's all about um, what's healthy and good. Um, and we we keep it in a way where we're not best friends, but when it's about the children, we talk. And that's when we talk. We're not like sitting around at the at the campfire at the braai or having a dinner together. It's more about what's good for the children. And I think at the end of the day, in today's world, you're absolutely right. That is what really is important. Mm, good evening, Patricia. You're speaking to Anga in Lady Frey. Um, well, I had the worst experience ever being brought up by a step-parent. Um, I, I grew up with my grandmother uh, and at the age of, yeah, in the Eastern Cape. And then at the age of about 13, my mother took me to Joburg. And then she was staying with this guy who was her boyfriend. And yeah, he, he, was, he was just horrible, okay? He did not like... Any of it, it was me and my younger brother. He did not like us. He pretended very well when my mother, my mother was around. Um, he was not working, so he was always he always in the house. My mother was at work. I remember this other day, uh, my mother had gone to work in the morning, and um, we didn't hear the alarm go off, and we missed the scholar transport. He made us walk from Midlands, right in the middle of Midlands, to to school. We were schooling in Deep Kloof. Um, and all this while his car was in the yard and he just wanted to teach us, teach us a lesson. And, when, you know, when we told our mother, my mother, like, you know, she was in love with him. She didn't believe us. And it went on and on until, you know, five years later, they had two kids, one of my younger siblings. And, you know, the strange thing, like when I look at them, they remind me so much of him. But I try not to think of not to go back there. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure, these experiences from our A-teamers are just so heart-drenching. I'd like to read this one uh, from Anonymous A-teamer. They say, my siblings and I had the worst experience being stepkids to men from eating on the floor and not on the dining table to being chased from the family, in inverted commas, home during uh, family functions because we were not of the same clan. This all from different men. My mother always chose them before us, and it wasn't because she was fi- it, it wasn't because she was financially dependent in the beginning. It's uh, changed our ideas on what home and peace means to us as adults, and now that doesn't include our now single mother. So it seems like uh, there's a, there's a lot of experiences here, ladies, where step children are actually getting the brunt. I'm 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 thinking about stories like Snow. Um, uh, what's this uh, fairy tale story? Um, Cinderella, and, <laughs> and you know that, that's what I'm thinking about. Like the stepmother was a, a witch, and she was horrible. And in this case, it seems some mothers choose their partners over their kids or it, it you know it's 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 never the kids feeling safe and comfortable as both of you have made us uh, believe that it is possible to make a child feel safe and comfortable um, I think even talking about um, this is a very interesting topic about the mother or the father choosing the partner before the children 
And I think in, in, in many of my life experiences, I've heard many conversations of parents with biological children saying, I will always choose my, pa- my kids before my partner. Um, and from where I come from, I think a healthy relationship, you are a unit. And if you are providing the safety for the child, it's not about who comes before who, but it's actually if you are in a healthy relationship, the, the parental role as a unit is to provide that safety for the child. But clearly, if that is not the case, which it seems like is the norm, and then the parent are choosing the unhealthy situation, maybe for their own reasons of fulfillment or not being alone or being rejected um, above the, the needs of their children. And I think this is really what we're talking about. Mm. And Makosi, you made mention of the fact that uh, your stepchild the mother was not nice. So it was not you not being nice as the stepmother. It was not your then partner who was your husband, but it was the mother of this child who was not nice. How do you then uh, foresee if a, a person were to go into a relationship where there's another partner, how do you then foresee this relationship working between the step parent and the biological parent so that the child feels comfortable in the, in the setting? Um, okay, I'll put this very bluntly. I think the problem comes in with obsessed women who don't want to let go of their exes. Um, because that's where it starts. You know when you get into a relationship with somebody and their ex just is totally, totally obsessed and doesn't want to admit the relationship, the relationship is dead and it doesn't exist anymore. They then now fight with you as the wife, thinking that you are responsible for taking this person from you. But by the time you went there, things were haywire anyway. They were already broken up. So now they don't have a weapon to fight with you because they have nothing that they know about you. What can they use uh, to cause turmoil in your marriage and in your life? It's this child. Mm. So now they're going to play um, a a game with this child, making your life as miserable as possible. Like I mentioned, the late night calls and making decisions. Because it even went as far as um, her going to to the child's school to fetch uh, the child's report. And the principal will call me and say, okay, there's a lady here saying she's here to pick up the child's report, but it fascinates us because we've never seen her before and we know you as the guardian of the child. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think part of it has to do is uh, I can be a good step-parent, but is my partner also protecting me from their ex? Because if my partner is not protecting me from their ex, their ex is going to have power and treat me badly and use this child as a weapon also. So it becomes a mixture of all the things that I've mentioned. So it's very clear that when people go into relationships, it's not just between um, Mr. and Mrs. It's everyone else who's involved, especially if there are children involved. It's the other partner as well that needs to be considered and integrated into this particular family unit or blended family unit because you can't get the biological mother or father of the child away from this equation. Um, Very true, Patricia, but... um, I also think maturity plays a very big role here. And I think the one thing that we lack, uh, uh, that I keep on repeating, is communication. Uh, some of us suck with communicating as adults, you know? Uh, things get brushed under the carpet and we don't talk about them. We make assumptions on other people's behalf because um, you automatically think maybe, okay, because the mother of the child is unemployed, uh, let's take the child in and take care. But we didn't sit down and speak to this child's mother. Maybe she doesn't want that. Being unemployed or not, maybe she she wants her son or her daughter to live with her. So I think if there were platforms where people would actually sit down and say, um, okay, you and I broke up, I'm marrying somebody else now, and 
for the well-being of the child, I think we will take the child and live with the child because maybe financially you're, you're, you're not uh, stable as yet. And then have a conversation whereby there's open communication. Uh, you as the stepmom or stepfather can also have a, conver- a decent conversation with, with the ex and speak about the child and make uh, uh, decisions that are based on the child doing well in future. I think things will be much better. But um, lack of communication uh, brings a, a great problem because you literally are going to hit yourself against a brick wall all the time. Here you are trying to be a stepmom or stepdad um, taking this child in and treating them like your own, enforcing discipline the right way, teaching the child only to have their parents throw it all in your face and say, this is not how we want our child to be raised. So then you are left confused, not knowing when should I be the parent, when shouldn't I be the parent. Let me go to A-teamers, uh, uh WhatsApps here. This A-teamer says transparency is very important. This might sound personal because it is a f- from me. I'm speaking on behalf of the stepchild who had no idea of their situation because it's a life shattering to find out you're adopted or one of your parents is not your biological parent. How do you unlove the only step family you've ever known? How do you start loving the newfound biological family that you don't know? In our African cultures, there's a lot that needs to be done. The amount of burden placed on your shoulders from the family that raised you, the excitement and expectations from your newfound family, the questions that may never be answered, and the loss of identity that you feel. Sure, this is quite a heavy one. Makosi, uh, I mean, they're talking about the African uh, tradition. Th- this is quite a heavy one. Okay, um, Patricia, I-, I-, I love this one. I love it because I've dealt with it uh, so many times. Um, look, you'll find period people who were raised by uh, a stepfather and they then took on their stepfather's uh, surname. And you'd find that throughout life, um, they are guided even spiritually by that family, even though they were not uh, born there. They have no DNA linked to that family. Um, what I would say to Anonymous is that um, sometimes family is not based on DNA. You know, focused on who, focus on who raised you, who showed you love, who was there for you when no one else was. You know, that stepdad was. They supported you, they treated you well. Now that you find your biological family, okay, that's all well and good, but don't now turn your back. On, on the man that raised you, because you are who you are today because of him. Um, also, your biological father, don't also turn him away. Get to know why he was never a part of your life. But it doesn't mean that you now turn your back on the man that raised you and you now want to fulfill this man's needs and desires because had he wanted to be a part of your life, he would have been there in the beginning. He can now expect to change and chisel you and, and turn into a, some kind of a monumental figure that he wants. As a, as a son or, or, or a daughter. So I think it's a balance of both, of knowing where you come from and appreciating, but also getting to know uh, who you are in terms of DNA and, and just leave it there and have a healthy relationship with both parts, but don't force any relationship. That's what I don't want. Don't force relationships with people. Keep people in your space who want to be in your space because you'll end up getting hurt. 
uh, if you are forcing relationships. Here's another WhatsApp from Atima who wants to be anonymous. This Atima says, I'm based in Durban and I was raised by a stepmom. I moved from KZN to Gauteng to stay with my dad and start high school at the age of 14, only to find my dad had a family that side and they were suitor speaking. That was the first challenge. I must say that was the worst five years of my life. At some point, I even had suicidal thoughts. It was hectic. I was going through hell in silence. Silence because I did not tell my mom about what I was going through. The reason was that my mom would bring me back to KZN, meaning I would not have enough opportunities post-matric. Fast forward to now, as we speak, I have a five-month-old daughter and she has a stepmother. Her dad is a married man. When her dad told his wife about the child, it was decided in that house that the child should move in with me. Did I not go mad? Even now, whenever I talk with them, I'm made to feel that decisions are being made on my behalf. After my stepchild experience, I never want my daughter to go through what I went through. At the same time, I do not want to be a barrier between my daughter and her dad. Nadia, can you take this one for me? How, how do you think this particular mother who's had a bitter experience of being a, a stepchild, how can she handle her child now being uh, a stepchild? I think that um, we are often, again, frames our perception around our negative experiences. I think that um, just some of my experience would be if this child is being, um, if decisions are being made on behalf of the mother um, and she feels that they're acting in the best interest of the child, um, I know it can be quite um, devastating at times when decisions are being made without you, I think on both sides, and I've experienced that as well. Um, and it can be quite um, infuriating. Uh, but I think what needs, to, what needs to be determined are two things. Is it in the best interest of the child? Is it a healthy environment? Um, and also, I think that the mother has to have a part, uh, the biological mother and the stepmother and the, the biological dad, they each have a role in the child's life. And I think that should be discussed um, to come back to the previous point where we were talking about communication. But most of all, there are certain tools that are accessible, even um, on, I think, from a... Um, online perspective and there are some children court matters that are um, state accessible for um, either you can get an attorney if you are in a position to do that, a family attorney, but um, a simple way to deal with it um, could be, if necessary, is to get a parenting, just a parenting plan in place which where everybody sits around the table with a mediator even and discussing, you know, care and context of the child, religion and how the child gets exposed to which people and family members and religion and school and all those things. So that would be a beautiful way, um, if needed, to force the mother, to, not to force the, the, the dad and the stepmom to um, do um, incorporate the mother into those decisions but I think it's important to also look at what's healthy for the child um, and also assess that from an emotional perspective outside of the legal process. Mm. Let's go to Atima Ngosnati. Ngosnati, good evening. Good evening, Sombisi and, and, and your guest. Um, I, I just want to share this. I, I thought I should. Um, it was uh, many years ago where well, all of you guys were not born then. Um, 
I, I did not. I was not raised by a stepfather, but I, 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 I stayed with him uh, and my mom for about uh, two or three years. He was, he was just a wonderful person. Uh, there is nothing much to say about him. But uh, as, uh, uh, living with a stepfather or knowing that I had a stepfather became a motivating factor on how to raise my children. It, it helped me a lot uh, because. I, I, when I got married, we, 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 I, I had two children already out out of wedlock. First, I I, I, I erased from my vocabulary this thing of ingamiyangapande or a child out of wedlock, and we we raised them with my wife from 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 young age. Now they are adults; they 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 productive citizens, and it, that motivated me that that. I don't want my children to be raised by uh, by the stepfather, and I don't want to be a stepfather because I know the pain associated and and the absence of sense of belonging. Um, you you just feel you don't belong anywhere uh, because you're living with uh, somebody who is, who is supposed to be a father but who is not. So I I, I thought maybe I should uh, just bring this, share this uh, that it, it 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 could be a motivating factor on how. You raise your own family. Mm. Thank you so very much, Nkosinati, for the compliment, firstly, that all three of us ladies are much younger than you. You don't even know how old we are. But thank you for the compliment and thank you for sharing your story. Bye. All right, then. Ladies, because of time, we're going to have to wrap up. But I'd like to read this uh, SMS from Lebu. Lebu says, I know a friend of mine. Um, he impregnated his daughter-in-law, the young girl his wife came with. Okay, so stepdaughter, in other words. Later, when the news surfaced, my friend committed suicide. So these are some of the challenges that people face when you have stepchildren and stepdads, but they are also very good stories. And it's unfortunate that we haven't heard these good stories either than the one that, you know, Makosi, you gave us yours and Nadia, you gave us yours. But I was looking forward to a lot of other people just coming in to tell us that it, it's, it's not all step moms or stepdads who are horrible. Some have done sterner jobs and have raised beautiful human beings. But um, yeah, some of the stories have just been so sad. So, ladies, let's wrap up. Let's start with you, Nadia. Yes, I think um, just to reflect um, from our conversation to what I'd like to wrap up with is, once again, I think um, truly grateful for the, the upbringing that I did have, but also that I'm, I'm able to be a mother to other children um, or younger Kids. And I mean, I actually have a few young women in my life that I'm in passing in. It's, it's like, you know, my, my 18-year-old daughter's stepsisters and half-sisters. And I think it is such a privilege um, to the listeners it is out there to be a step-parent and see it as a complete, um, you know, we are blessed to have them in our lives. They're teaching us definitely love into our lives. And it's a beautiful opportunity to impart some of us into other human beings. And, yeah, it's really it's really sad also hearing some of the the, the really intense experiences um, that others, others between the norm have had in their childhoods and 
I can only hope that in the future that um, they will be, you know, have different experiences and create different experiences for future generations. Mm. Thanks so much, Patricia, for the opportunity. Thank you so very much, Nadia, for um, joining us this evening. And um, congratulations on uh, the big day. And you know what? I must tell you something. Your big day is going to be on my birthday next year. So while I'm celebrating, you're going to be saying your I do's. Please do send pictures. I will. I will. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Nadia. And uh, let's come to you, Marcos Kakane. Although today, uh, actually, Marcos, I must tell you, we were getting calls of people wanting readings. And Ben was <laughs> saying to everyone, no, today is not Clairvoyant Mondays. Uh, Marcos is here sharing her story. So, Marcos, thank you so very much for joining us. And I'd like you to just give us a summary on this journey of being a stepchild and a stepparent. Um, basically, what I just want to say is emphasize on the fact of... Um, you know, making that decision if you can handle uh, a situation where you are going to be a step parent, don't just commit to somebody because you want a wedding ring and uh, end up missing a, a child's life because you say you'll be the best mom or the best dad um, just because you want to get married and then only to find when you're there, uh, you're not really part and parcel of what's happening. And also, again, um, everything, they say, you know, Anything um, that, uh, any mistakes that we make, we can fix by sitting down and talking. And I think that's the one mistake that we have in our household is that we don't talk, we don't communicate. And thirdly, we need to do away with the sense of entitlement. If somebody else is living with your child, um, also play a role, you know. Uh, also know what the child is eating, what the child is wearing, where the child is being educated, what medical costs are involved. Don't now take it upon yourself to think that just because that person is married to your partner, they have to do those things for your children because that also causes uh, problems. And nothing rules uh, communication and just have a clean heart. If you're going to love, love. If it's not for you, don't get involved. That's all I can say. Makosis Kakani, thank you so very much for joining us and relating your story and uh, looking forward to having discussions with you on Monday. Okay, thank you very much, Patricia. Well, that sums up the show for today. We'll be back again at 10 p.m. until midnight. And uh, we'll be talking all things juicy and sassy because between 11 and uh, midnight, we're going to have, club, uh, we're going to have uh, closet conversations and Dr. Uh, Taban Nkwanyan is going to be joining us. Trust you me, it's going to be sizzling. It's going to be hot. So make sure that you are tuned in to our closet conversations. From the A-team and myself, may goodness and grace lead you all to the great heights of success.